A local newspaper in the Solomon Islands, the Solomon Star, has slammed the Organised Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, or OCCRP, after it was revealed that the newspaper received nearly 140,000 US dollars in funding from the Chinese government in return for pledges to promote China. The newspaper has since published a story in response to the investigation, alleging OCCRP is making unrelenting attempts to tarnish the Solomon Star. OCCRP lead editor for the Pacific, Aubrey Balford, told Lydia Lewis the investigation was built off a leaked document and interviews. We're not interested in tarnishing anyone's uh, reputation. The reason we did this story uh, is, is not because Solomon Star received funding from China. It's, it's their right uh, to receive funding from wherever they want. Um, what made this a story for us was actually that uh, this was a clear case where funding was contingent on an outlet in the Pacific telling China's story positively. You know, that this was funding in return for, for what is essentially positive coverage for uh, a geopolitical player in the region. And that's why it was interesting and, and newsworthy for us. Can you tell me more about this document? Can you explain to me the verification process and how that document verifies what you're saying? So we received a copy of this document last week. Uh, in which Solomon Star pledges about a dozen times uh, to give positive coverage to China in return for money. Uh, it's a very detailed and itemised request for new equipment, uh, for printing equipment and also broadcast equipment for their radio station, Power FM. Uh, and so the way that we verified it, firstly, we called uh, Solomon Star. We spoke to their chief of staff, uh, Alfred Sasako. And we also spoke to uh, the publisher at the time of the proposal, Kathy Lamani, uh, who has since left. Uh, they confirmed that they did make this proposal, although I didn't want to talk in too much detail about it. You know, we also worked to verify the document by seeing if the equipment that was listed in there uh, was actually delivered. So there was a quote in the document from an Australian printing supplier uh, in Brisbane so uh, we called them up and we asked uh, and sent a copy of the quote and said, is this genuine and did you uh, deliver this equipment? And they confirmed that, yes, the, the quote is genuine and all of the items listed on the quote were delivered uh, in February this year. Uh, they actually went to the Solomon Islands to install it. Uh, they also confirmed for us that um, the equipment was paid for by the Solomon Star, so the Chinese embassy didn't pay for it directly. Uh, the money uh, appears to have been given to the Solomon Star first uh, and then they bought the equipment. Secondly, they talked about, you know, the funding that OCCRP receives. They did still quote uh, the fact that you have a clause and you always explain that your funding has a specific clause that no one can, you know, have a say in your stories. But how do you pitch your stories? And can you just explain what that clause means and how you make sure that no one can have a say in your stories? Sure. So uh, OCCRP is funded by a mix of non-government and government donors uh, from around the world. Uh, and we have a very strictly independent editorial policy, which means we do not talk to our donors about what stories uh, that we're going to do. And we certainly don't promise to give anyone positive coverage. Uh, and in fact, we regularly write critical stories uh, about all sorts of people, including... 
you know, Western governments and their allies and, you know, local uh, politicians and things that can be close to Western governments. In the Pacific, uh, we've done um, some quite major and hard-hitting stories uh, in Papua New Guinea uh, that involved um, suspect payments from an Australian businessman uh, to a politician who was killed last year uh, who had shepherded in Australia's largest uh, infrastructure investment under their Pacific step-up. So we actually take it as a point of pride uh, to really go after everyone. So, you know, actually the kind of issue with this story, again, is not that a particular government is funding Pacific Media. Uh, The issue is that the situation is so dire now that you have uh, Pacific Media that are promising positive coverage to a country with no press freedom itself uh, in return for that money. Um, So, you know, what we would actually like to see is for democratic governments to step up and actually help support uh, the existence of independent media in the region. And that means supporting media in the region that are not always going to tell nice stories about Western countries, that aren't always going to say nice things about New Zealand or Australia or United States, that will investigate and hold to account, uh, you know, people involved in, in implementing policies of those governments, corruption connected to those countries. Um, that's the price of having a free media. Uh, but if we don't support a free media, what we end up with are, you know, deals that are uh, money in return for positive coverage. And, and that's that's what, you know, the heart of this story. So just to be clear, OCCRP did not pitch or explain in any way to its donors of the story that the story would any way relate to China? No, we just don't. We don't talk to our donors about what stories we're working on. Um, they just have no say. And according to um, Shalindra Singh, who spoke to the ABC, he's saying that the big question now is, are we witnessing media capture? What's your point of view on this? Are there any facts to back this up through your reporting? There definitely have been overtures made uh, in Pacific countries from uh, China to the media. Um, Solomon Islands does seem to be an extreme case, but we have also documented uh, different approaches. For example, in Palau, you know, we found that the publisher of the oldest newspaper there had entered into an offshore deal with um, a businessman who was China's unofficial representative in the country and also a group of companies based in mainland China that are actually tied to national security institutions. Um, specifically to uh, the police university in Beijing and also a um, military university uh, in uh, these businessmen's home province that actually works on on cyber warfare, information warfare. So, yes, we do see these sort of approaches. Um, I think the big thing when we're looking at Chinese um, efforts to influence the media is... um, Firstly, it has to be acknowledged that there is no press freedom in China. Uh, There is no concept right now from the Chinese state that by supporting the media, you're supporting a free and open, you know, civil space. Um, You just don't see that. And in fact, 
it's very much, um, you know, in China's domestic media or abroad, an expectation that uh, the role of journalists is to tell China's story well. Um, and that's really what we're seeing. Uh, secondly, what we see is that efforts to influence the media are often tied up with what we call elite capture. So it's not simply that you have uh, the press, um, you know, pushing uh, a pro-Chinese line in, in return for money, but that by um, cultivating elites in the media, um, you're helping to cultivate an elite um, that is, uh, you know, in some cases beholden to China, that will have other business relationships um, that, that compromise them. So that's kind of the, the picture that we're seeing emerging. I don't think it's worth people, you know, completely losing their heads over. There is a lot of, of great professional journalism in the region, um, a lot of independent-minded uh, Pacific journalists, and, you know, most of them know very much the difference between um, aid funding from democratic governments that supports... Uh, you know, a free media and an authoritarian government uh, giving money in return for uh, being praised. 